following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We are excited to have you with us as we have a focus this month on cultivating a life of prayer, uh, and really just just as we talked about this morning during worship, we really believe that the Lord is teaching us to pray. He is teaching us, even those of us that think we, we have it down, we have an established prayer life. There are some things that he wants to teach us, that he wants to draw us deeper into the area of prayer. And so we're just spending this time really concentrating on that area of our, uh, our Christian life and our relationship with him. And the goal, of course, is not that this season of focusing on prayer, you know, it's like one and done and we check that off the list. It's not like I have a list as a pastor that goes, did you teach on prayer? Did you teach on this? And we go, "Yep, yeah, we did it. Um, but the goal of this time and, and having that focus uh, is that it will uh, be momentum for us into a lifestyle of prayer. Uh, you know, whatever we're doing now in that area, that it will actually take us deeper into that. And so um, we believe that this is not only going to be a time where we see breakthrough because we're learning to be taught by the Lord to pray, but also we're going to see a momentum in that part of our life. Um, We just finished up a series about um, being rooted, and prayer is a big part. It's it's a hidden part of the fruitfulness of our lives. It's a big part of being rooted in Him, and so uh, we just want to go after that together. Um, How many of you were blessed by Pastor Bob's kind of opening last week he prayed, uh, no, he spoke on prayer and also probably prayed somewhere in there. Uh, And I just thought it was an an awesome word about coming into both the acknowledgement of the holiness of God and that really our prayer is an opportunity for us to get a hold of the will of God and make his will our words and um, make his will the thing that we begin to speak out and come into agreement with him But it comes through knowing that. It comes through knowing him and knowing his heart. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. I think all of us as believers have a desire for deeper prayer life. I haven't really met anyone um, who, who loves the Lord and who's in relationship with the Lord that said, you know, I think I might be praying too much. You know, there's, there's always a desire, and so I believe it's because when we come into a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into our life, there's a desire on the inside of us for communication with God. There's a desire on the inside of us for a growing um, expression of declaring the will and the words of God. And so all of us have that desire, I believe, for, for a deeper prayer life. We, we want to spend more time in prayer, and we want it not to be boring. Let's just be honest. There's that part of it where we go, yeah, I know that, that I want more of that, but, but I want it to, to not feel dry. And, and so there's that desire, but a lot of times 
even though we desire to grow in the area of prayer, we really don't know where to start. Or maybe um, it feels kind of overwhelming to us because we feel like, yep, I've tried that before. I've tried to kind of grow in my prayer life before, and I failed because I was praying for half an hour, and then, and then I stopped, or I, I wasn't spending that time, or you know whatever it is. Or maybe when you hear, when we're talking about having a lifestyle of prayer, or even when we talk about a time of prayer and fasting coming up, you hear that and you go, my life is so full. I do not have capacity for one more thing. It feels like the busyness of life makes it really hard to think, how, how could I do that right now? I'm just trying to get through the day. How could I have time? How could I be able to do that? Um, or like I said, maybe we feel like, yeah, I, that'd be great, but it's going to be boring. It's going to be dry. Yeah, I'll do it. But, but I believe that the Lord wants to, not only is he inviting us into a deeper life of prayer, but then he's going to give us the desire and the ability on the inside. That's what the word says, that it's the Holy Spirit that gives us both the will to do and the ability to do, the grace to do the thing that he's calling us to. So what I want to encourage you in as we're kind of making this invitation to go deeper in prayer together, um, it's a very personal thing. It's a corporate, personal invitation. (laughs) And all we're asking is that you do what Holy Spirit's asking you to do. Because whatever he's asking you to do in this area, he's going to give you the, the grace to do it. So, as we look at prayer... I just want to start with kind of the basic aspect of what are we talking about when we talk about prayer? We kind of have in our minds what that looks like. I know there's a lot of different books that break down all the different types of prayer. There, you know, there's intercession, there's supplication, there's adoration, there's thankfulness, there's, you know, whatever. But I really want us not to complicate it. I think sometimes in our desire to know more about prayer, we actually complicate something that's really meant to be an amazing experience in our lives. There's an example. Um, we, we homeschooled Olivia for a couple of years, and, and I you know, wanted to be the fun homeschool mom that does field trips. And so we went to the zoo. She was so excited because I said, OK, today for school, we're going to go to the zoo. And she's all excited about what she's going to experience at the zoo. You know, like thinking about, well, do they have this? Do they have this? Do they have elephants? Do they have giraffes? Do they have, you know, whatever. And, and she's, she's excited for the experience. So we get to the zoo, and we, we're going to start looking at the exhibits. And I say, OK. And I pull out this map. And I say, OK, now, we are going to, on the map, every time we see an animal, we're going to put that animal in the place on the map that it lives and in the category of the type of animal that it is. And she, I see the look on her face just go. And I go, she's like, Mom, do we have? I said, yeah, this is great. This is great. I'm making learning fun. And she says, without skipping a beat, no, you're making the zoo boring. <laughs> right? And I feel like we do this about prayer. Pray for me. She was only like 10 then, and I went, I am going to be in trouble. Um, and she's, I love, I love the, the wit on the inside of her. And by the way, she was right. I was making the zoo boring. But, um, 
we do this with prayer sometimes. We, prayer should be an experience that we're looking forward to. It should be an experience where we go, we are going to see things that I'm so excited to see. We're going to encounter God. And when we put too many rules and categories and we make it boring. We make it not about the experience that God meant it to be. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have to press past some boredom. We're going to talk a little bit about that. It doesn't mean we're going to have to not have to set time aside or, or be intentional, but we need to be careful that we don't make it more complicated than it is. Prayer is simply talking to God and listening. It's, an inner, it's a relational interaction with him. It's conversational. It's an opportunity to communicate with him, and it leads to deeper intimacy. So prayer is an opportunity to spend time with the most important voice in my life, next to my husband's, of course. And, and I, that's what I want to stir on the inside of us, the, the excitement and the expectation because not only is the experience of prayer deep in its intimacy with the Lord, like we can expect when we make an, when we make an intention towards spending time in prayer with him, that we're, we can expect to encounter him. We can expect to, to hear his heart and to experience him and to have him speak to us and to have him fill us. But there's also a tremendous power released in prayer. If we are not excited to get into prayer, it's because we forgot that prayer has power. Our prayers have power. And the power of that prayer is not in the list that we bring to him, because that's the other piece. Sometimes we go, okay, prayer is about me bringing my list and and feeling better because I know I've talked to God about all of these things now. But the power isn't in our list, it's in our alignment The power of prayer is I get into a space with him where it's just he and I, or sometimes a big room full of people singing and drums. But anyway, we get into this space and we get into alignment with him. That's how when Pastor Bob talked about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your will be done. How do we know his will? We step into alignment with him. We come into the place where we can hear his heart. We come into the place where we begin to see what's important to him and how he sees the situation. A lot of times, my prayer time doesn't go any further than how I see the situation. Lord, you have to do this. You have to do that. This is going on. You Come and do this and change that. And, and And I don't walk away from that time having been changed on the inside, and I'm not sure that anything out there changed either. But when I come into a time of prayer where I kind of set down my list and I come into alignment with him. I find that he begins to speak to me about some of the things on my list. He begins to to sow in me the faith for what he wants to do in that situation. So prayer, the power of prayer, comes when I get into alignment with him and then an authority is released an authority in my voice to begin to declare the things that he's showing me, to begin to declare. Maybe my time of prayer brings me to the word. I'm going to need some water. Do you mind? I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, my time of prayer brings me to, uh, to the word, 
And I begin to align myself with what the Word says about these situations instead of what I'm seeing in front of me. So, so we can be excited about coming into that experience because prayer brings us into alignment with the will of God, the plan of God, so that I can come into agreement with that and have authority to speak it out loud here on the earth. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know what that is? Thank you. How do we know what that is? Maybe we need like a humidifier up here or something. Um, no, it's all good. Don't put it on your list. It's okay. Um, anyway, how do we know what, that, what his will is unless we spend that time with him? There's an example of this. Well, here's the other piece. So his, his will then becomes our words because we come into alignment with him and we begin to speak his words. But you know what else is cool about that? A lot of times then, it also becomes our way <laughs> because we begin to walk in that way, in the, in the things that are important to him. Here, here's an example. In Matthew 9, it's the story of... Um, when Jesus saw the multitudes and he had compassion. Matthew's still the first book of the New Testament, right? That's good. Yeah, chapter 9. So he, he was teaching in all these different cities and villages and in the synagogues and he was healing the sick. And on uh, 9.36, he says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. few. Therefore, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into his harvest. To me, this is a prime example of this. This is a prime example of where Jesus... He sees, and I could go into the detail of what he's looking at. It's a mess. It was a mess. In the time that Jesus was there, everything that was going on was a mess. And the Lord had compassion. Jesus had compassion on them. He saw them as harassed and distressed. And, and, and he looked on that and he said, I see a harvest. I see a harvest. Therefore, pray for workers to come into the harvest. So we see an opportunity where the will of the Lord was spoken and then the disciples could pray with authority knowing this is what the Lord sees and I'm going to pray that into there. The Lord looks at what's going on in our nation, across the world, in Ukraine. And there's a compassion, not just for what's going on in the natural, but that there's a harvest waiting to happen there. Among our prayers for protection and provision, we're also praying that the word would go forth boldly in the midst of that. That there would be a revival in the midst of that. But in this, in this story, I see that picture of him saying, this is what's on my heart, pray for this. And that's what we mean, we mean when we say, Jesus, teach us to pray. 
What are the things that are on your heart so that I can step into agreement with that? What's interesting, though, is that eventually Jesus sends them as the laborers. So prayer, prayer is not the only thing we do. It's the first thing we do. <laughs> and a lot of times it prepares us to respond to the will of God by walking in it. So we're not just praying, oh God, raise up something over there. Sometimes we're praying that he would release that, and he goes, great, I'll send you. <laughs> Don't be scared. You can still pray it, because if you've prayed it, you'll be ready. So because prayer is so powerful, not just in our relationship and our intimacy with God, but it's actually powerful to see things change on the earth. We want to be good at it. We want, to, we want to focus on it. We want to sow into it. And where we can get the most um, instruction around prayer is really the prayer life of Jesus. That's why we're spending this time saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. By your Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. I love the Gospel of Luke. Um, I think I've talked about this before. One of the reasons I like Luke is because Luke was a researcher, and he put things in chronological order. And he, he did, uh, Luke wrote his book by interviewing multiple people. He was not an eyewitness to the things that Jesus did, but he interviewed many, many eyewitnesses. And then he put together a, a gospel that tells the story of who Jesus was based on their account. And one of the things you see all throughout Luke, really more than any other gospel, is a focus on Jesus' life of prayer. Which means all these different people that he interviewed, they all must have mentioned that. They all must have talked about that because Luke mentions it multiple times in his account as a researcher. He goes, this is a key piece. You see all throughout Luke, early in the morning, Jesus went out to pray. All night long, Jesus went to pray. Before a big decision or before he's going to speak, he went up on the mountain and he, he got away to pray. Luke 5.16, he himself often withdrew into the wilderness to pray. Luke 6.12, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Luke 11.1, 1, now it came to pass while he was praying in a certain place. And so we see the prayer life of Jesus laid out really plainly in Luke. And as we follow Jesus, right, the whole point of being a disciple of Jesus is that we would walk like Jesus walks, that we would do the things that Jesus did. So a lot of times what that means for us is we are very much about, I want to love like Jesus loved. I want to do the signs and wonders and miracles that Jesus did because it says that we will do those and greater things. As I am in the world, so are you in the world, he said. So we want to walk and we want to be the way that Jesus was and, and have the power that he had, but we can't do it without the prayer life that Jesus had. How many of us long for the prayer life that he had? We long to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Do we long for the intimacy that he had with the Father? Because you can't have one without the other. We long, I, I want to love so much better than I love. I do, babe, I really do. <laughs> but I can't have that 
without the prayer life that Jesus had, where he was continually in communion with love. (laughs) So we want to even ask God, when we say, teach us to pray, we're not asking, give us the steps, give us the instructions. We're actually saying, I'm, I'm saying, you can be saying whatever you're saying, I'm saying, give me the desire for the kind of prayer life that you had, because I don't have it. I want all the stuff, I want all the fruit, but I need to desire that secret life of prayer that can actually produce that fruit in my life. So we're asking God to stir up that longing in us Before Jesus walked on water or calmed the storm, he had gone away to pray. I want to walk on water. I might need a little more time with the Father. I think sometimes we can be a little concerned about putting a religious spirit around prayer or a religious, you know, we can go, well, we don't really have to set aside time because you know, we can just pray throughout the day and I can, you know, I don't need to be religious about it. I don't really need to to have that time set aside. You know, it's interesting though cuz Jesus did. <laughs> and Jesus hated religion. He hated legalism and but Jesus still needed to set aside the time and be with his father. Why? Cuz it's not a religious practice. It's relationship. Even as, as we you know, were talking about inviting us together into a time focusing on prayer, inviting us into prayer and, and um, fasting, there's this thing in me that goes, well, I, I just don't want to put something on people. I, I don't want them to feel like they, you know, they have to do this and there's shame and guilt around prayer and and it almost holds you back from wanting to invite. And I was asking the Lord, how can I present this in a way? And, and the Lord was kind of going, why would you want to withhold the gift of prayer from people? Why would you want to withhold that from them? Like he just brought it into reality. It's not about guilt and we should do it more. And It's about a God who wants us to know him. And who wants us to feel known by him and wants to help us find our voice. Do you know one thing that has hindered me in my prayer life is not knowing what to pray. (laughs) How many of you have looked at situations and you thought for sure this is how we should pray and then this goes on and you go, okay, now I don't even know what to pray. That's a great place to be in. We can go to the, the teacher on prayer. We can go to Jesus who, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can teach us to pray. So, <clears throat> today, and I'm preaching again on the 27th, I want to give us kind of some five practical things about how we can cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Don't let the bullet points bother you. It's just how I think. But, but the first piece of it is that intimacy is the key ingredient to prayer. That prayer is birthed from and sustained by intimacy. It's not about 
shame and guilt and I should be doing more. And it's not even about feeling like I need to come into prayer so that I can make sure that God does what I want him to do. But it's a, the key ingredient for prayer is intimacy. That That's why Jesus instructs to begin with intimacy. Our Father. That, that he could say, we come as sons and daughters into this place. And it gives us access to him in a different way. My kids have different access to me than you do. <laughs> because there's an intimacy there. And their, their requests and their desires and their heart has a, has a different weight in my life because there's intimacy there. And so we get to step into that place of intimacy. That's the first place that we need to go. In Mark chapter 3, Um, let's start with verse 13. <clears throat> and he went up on the mountain, Jesus is he, he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Can I just say that the Lord is extending an invitation in this season, that he's calling to him those that he himself wants, and you are it. He is calling you because he wants you. Not because he wants something from you, but he wants you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to share his heart with you. So he called to himself those he wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal the sickness and cast out demons. So the point here is that he called them first to be with him. He called them first to be with them, with him. And that's, that's the point of prayer for me, is it's, it's the first thing I do. <laughs> it's not. I'm trying to make it that. Just want to be honest. But that's, that's what we're going after because for him, that's the first thing. I just want you to be with me. And then out of that flows the other things. Out of that flows walking in authority as we, as we learn to know his will. So intimacy is a key ingredient, but we tend to try to remove it or replace it. How many of you have had a recipe, baking especially, because that's way more exact. How many of you have had a recipe and you were missing an ingredient, so you tried to put in something else and had it not turn out so great, right? Or you got something mixed up. You know, the key ingredient was this, and you got something mixed up because your containers aren't labeled, or someone put the wrong lid on, or who knows, whatever and it didn't turn out so good, it's because it was the key ingredient. And that's the way it is with prayer, and yet we try to replace the key ingredient of prayer with things like duty or obligation. Or we try to replace the key ingredient of prayer, even in our Christian life, by saying, I only do the kinds of things that I enjoy doing. 
but it won't produce what, what it's meant to produce. Or let's say, you know, we see some, something somebody else is doing in prayer, so we try to make that our prayer thing, but the key ingredient is still intimacy. That's, that's the thing that we need to be focusing on. When our prayer life is motivated by intimacy, it's sustainable, and it's full of joy because it's relationship. Prayer is where I get to connect with his heart, and I get to know who he is, and, and that intimacy keeps you coming back. It's not even... If, if I have struggled in my prayer life because I haven't seen the answers to my prayer, then I, I've mistaken what the key ingredient of prayer is. Apparently, the key ingredient of prayer isn't seeing the answers to my prayer. <laughs> the key ingredient of prayer is the intimacy. So we want to pursue it from that standpoint, from the very, right from the very beginning, we want to know that it's about intimacy. I'm going to go into the rest of these, um, not next week, but the week after. But I do want to just let you know that coming up, we have a time of prayer and fasting set aside. I felt like the Lord wanted to invite us into a time of prayer and fasting as we pursue him to teach us to pray. And it's a little bit different. A lot of times when we have a time of prayer and fasting, all of us, it's a corporate time, and all of us are kind of focusing on a particular prayer focus together. But I really felt like the Lord is inviting you to a personal time of prayer and fasting. So I believe that the Lord's going to speak to each one of us what the focus of that time should be for us. For some of us, it may be breakthrough in a particular area of healing. Or it might just be this, this whole area of intimacy. And Jesus, I just want to go deeper with you. Maybe your time of prayer and fasting will be around a place where you felt really bound and it's to release a freedom in your life. You may choose to prayer and fast for what's going on in Ukraine and to be praying strength into that or for revival in our community. Whatever it is, I believe the Lord's inviting us into intimacy over that thing, over the focus of what it, what it is. Because I really believe the focus is intimacy, regardless of what your prayer focus is during that time. He wants to get close to you as you pursue him on that, whatever it is that you're going after. So these seasons of prayer, when we have an intentional time of prayer and fasting, I believe it creates a momentum in us for a lifestyle of prayer. That wherever I'm at, it's going to take me deeper into another level. It's going to take me into a place where, where I'm able to enter into that more. And I believe he's inviting us into that. So I have, um, as you leave today, I have a guide. It just talks very, we're not making the zoo boring, I promise. It talks very simply about why we fast, why it's biblical. We see Jesus referring often and also the apostles saying, when you fast. So we know that 
It's an expected part of our Christian life that from time to time, as the Spirit leads, we would enter into that time of fast because it's an invitation from Him. But um, So it talks a little bit about that. It talks about some different ways to fast. You know, that, that um, you know, a, a standard biblical fast is that you would abstain from eating for that period of time. But ask the Lord. Really look to the Holy Spirit to know what that looks like for you. What, what does a fast look like for you? Is it, is it fasting a meal a day? Is it fasting from certain things? But here's the thing, it should, it should challenge you, but it should also be something that you can you know, do in the season of life that you're in right now. And the Holy Spirit can speak to you about what that is. But the goal of that is not just to go without something, it's to bring something into your life, which is additional time to seek the Lord and to pray, to desire Him. One of the things that I find in fasting is the weakness of giving up whatever it is that I'm giving up leads me to desire Him more. (laughs) I realize how hungry I am because I've been filling myself with these other things. One of the biggest things for me um, that, that I know that I want to do is I want to eliminate some distractions in my life because I see where I use things to fill that place of desire and that place of longing. When I begin to think about Ukraine, I begin to see if I can find more information. Okay, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? And really what I need, I need to get with the Lord. I need to seek his face, not the next news briefing I can find or the next, you know, trying to find pictures of the people that we know and see how they're doing. That's good. But, but I know for me, I need to focus on, Lord, what are you saying so that I can step into that alignment and I can begin to have authority in the way that I pray in those areas. So Here's, I just want to read this. This is uh, Bill Bright, who does a lot around fasting. He says, Combining fasting with prayer can result in a spiritual atomic bomb that pulls down spiritual strongholds and releases the power of God in your life and the life of your church and community. Down through the centuries, godly people who have done mighty things for the Lord has testified to the necessity of prayer with fasting. John Wesley, who shook the world for God during the Great Awakening, so believed in this power that he urged early Methodists to pray and fast every Wednesday and Friday. Fasting is preparing your heart for greater intimacy with God. It's not about earning brownie points. We already have the unlimited, inexhaustible love and favor of God. Can I make this really clear? Fasting is not about getting God's attention, twisting his arm, or making him love us more. (laughs) We already have his complete favor on our lives. But fasting reduces the power of self so that the Holy Spirit can do a more intense work within us and through us. So this is the invitation that we have. As we ask the Lord, we're going to continue to ask the Lord to teach us to pray. the 20th, which is the day that the men are getting back from the men's retreat. How about next week? We're excited. The men are actually going to be sharing. They're going to come right from the retreat to church, and um, if they want to, but hopefully they do. Um, 
and they're going to be sharing what the Lord's, how the Lord's been ministering to them, and we'll be launching our, our fast that day, and then um, kind of celebrating with communion on the 27th, the end of that time. So we'll talk more about it on the 20th, but I just want you to be aware so that you can begin to ask the Lord what, first of all, feel his invitation. Press into him and feel his invitation for that time of intimacy and what he wants to give you grace for in in what that fast looks like. And expect for him to show up in that. Amen? So, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are teaching us to pray, that you are teaching us to step into the alignment and the authority that you mean for us to have as the body of Christ. We thank you that you are teaching us to pray in the fullness of intimacy that you're inviting us into. And we yield to being taught by your Holy Spirit in the midst of this. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.